0: What is up, everybody? Joe Sib here with my co-host Anaya Bog. Rad Parenting, kicking it off. Uh, before we start anything, Anea, you were in Guatemala. Uh, yes, I know we're gonna do a whole show dedicated on that That'd trip. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. But um, just give us like the broad stroke.
1: Broad stroke. Uh, it was amazing. It is definitely sort of like developing nation third world status um for for good reason but they are such incredibly lovely people and so welcoming and the highlight of the trip and part of the reason i was there is because we graduated almost 300 kids including our first group of boys who went through our year-long um it's called Cernino there so a real boy um uh, program there uh and it was amazing, and the kids were just like, "Oh my gosh, it can be like this!" And they got certificates, and it was incredible.
0: I love it. How many days down there for you? Ten. 10,
1: 10 days. You yeah. seem a
0: little mellow though today.
1: Uh, maybe the coffee hasn't kicked in. Yeah. No, it's just always a bit of a transition, like to go from that uh, whole energy and uh, you know, just way of moving through the world to, and coming back to LA is such a stark contrast that it it truly does take me a few days to sort of adjust my insides and to this reality. Well, it's
0: good to have you back. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk. I usually go right into the whole Guatemala trip, but our guest is here.
1: And we need to get at it. And
0: she, well, first of all, uh, her name's Sarah Duger. I'm not gonna, you can't say anything yet, Sarah, because I want to set it up because uh, (laughs) I'm a fan of yours. I met Sarah in Portland Mm -hmm. uh, 10 years ago. Super good uh, friend of mine, Nate, was dating at the same time when coming to see me do California Calling, the one man show. And I didn't know this, unbeknownst to me but Sarah at that time she's teaching a whole course related to women in rock she had had a a band camp thing dedicated to women so I don't know any of this I'm hanging out at her house talking to her and she's like so what's your show about I'm like oh it's about punk rock she hasn't told me that she was in a band that she toured that you know played guitar this whole thing so I'm like oh I'm you know and I'm sitting there and thank God I pulled it off, and I, I must have because I got to stay the night at the house and everything, and I was welcomed back a few times, <laughs> but after reading and getting to know about Sarah and how her life and her journey was, I, it was one of those moments in time that I was like, gosh, Joe, thank God you didn't blow it, because I could have really came off like a real tool if I wouldn't have known what I was talking about in, in the world of punk rock yeah. and music, so we really kind of bonded over that, and last time I was up in Portland... We started talking about rad parenting, and over the last 10 years, so many great things have happened to Sarah. Uh, one, becoming a mother. Two amazing kids are in our front yard right now. Yep. <laughs> running around. The, playing with rocks. <laughs> playing with rocks. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Sarah Duger, right now. Thanks,
2: Joe. Thanks, Anaya. I'm so happy to be here. This Yay. is amazing.
0: I, I, have to, I said this to Anaya, and I have to say it to our listeners right now. When I was up in Portland, we were hanging out. We were talking about rad parenting, and there was another... I think another couple that was like, we love the show and we we're talking about it. And I said, Sarah, you got to meet Aenea. And she goes, I, as she's telling me about Aenea. I started telling her about you. And she goes, I need to meet this woman. <laughs> And <laughs> for those of you that like haven't seen Sarah in real life, like when she said that, I was like, God, I hope everything's cool. Like, I, well, I,
1: even when you told me, I was like, <laughs> like, did you say something that made her be like, no, I need to have a talk with this person. No. Or was it like, huh, this might be somebody I want to connect
0: with. Yeah. And, and the thing that was great was we kind of pulled it all together. I'm kind of broad stroke for our listeners, Sarah, your life, your journey. Sure, It's, it's amazing. Um, I'll start with what we bonded over. In a band,
2: mm-hmm. playing
0: music—that was your thing. Touring, punk rock. Uh, and then you take that into getting really involved with teaching young girls and working with women mm-hmm. in music. Yep. Starting a camp.
2: Right. And a rock and roll camp for girls, and you know there's a rock and roll camp for girls in L.A. Okay. And in uh, there's a uh, even one in uh, like South L.A. Okay. Huh. Yeah. There. I mean. It's, there, so it's, there are like a hundred of them around the world now. And,
0: and you know what I love about it is that you and I both know this, that there were no rock and roll camps when you and I were playing music. Oh, no. It was like Dirty Garage with like some sketchy older brother that like would let you maybe use his amp to right. play. So now mm-hmm. I love the fact that kids can actually go in and have someone. Like my son, he, he does a band camp, and there's actually real instructors there, and it's amazing. So your journey goes there. Then, um, and, I, and I, hope I, I hope I go in the right order here, uh... At around thirty, now do you start turning uh, teaching at Portland University?
2: Portland State University, and then and I'm I'm a I'm an adjunct professor, which means I teach about half time. So I'm playing music. I'm I'm uh, teaching at Portland State, and then
0: and then at 35, 35
2: I get breast cancer. Breast cancer that really can throw up, spoke in the wheels of fun.
0: Yeah. And, when, when, and I never even knew that until you let Anae and I know that. I had yeah. never knew that part of the whole, the whole story. Well, it's
2: not really something that's very interesting.
0: I guess we weren't going to bring that up at the comedy like, show.
2: No, it's not <laughs> like it, you, know, you really want to talk about it if it's not actually directly impacting, impacting you at the moment. Yeah. Or if you w- need to speak up against any of the um, like pink ribbon business. Like, here, buy this carton of eggs because it has a pink ribbon on it. Like, I'd rather throw that carton of eggs on the floor. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. That sounds like I a whole other that show. Stuff. That yeah. does. Sound, no, we yeah. can talk about that too. Yeah. But, okay. So I, I really am not into the whole like I'm a I'm a survivor. Yeah. But you know, some people are. We all handle this in different ways. But uh, so I don't really talk about having cancer very much, even though it impacted my life distinctly. Yeah. yeah. Mostly, it made me think like I need to get health insurance. So. I'm sorry, punk rock, adios. Well,
0: yeah, that was the thing that wow. yeah, that was the thing that went into teaching it full yeah. time. I, I I realized that, and then I just want to make a plug for Canada on that one. Because <laughs> that
1: is not a decision that I would have had to make if I were in your circumstances. Living, I'm from Canada originally, oh, okay. and yeah. I just yeah. think it's it's important, especially at this time when we're you know doing this dance around the Affordable Care Act mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. That
2: this is this is real. Well, it, uh, or any other so-called developed country. Yes, in the world. Yes. Yeah. If you yes. listen
0: to if you listen to Rad Parenting and our listeners know what I'm talking about, we we don't do an episode without a Na mentioning that she's from Canada. That's very. <laughs> that is not. <laughs> oh my true. gosh, we could do a drinking game. Drink any time talks about Canada, you're gonna Bob end and Doug up, McKenzie. You're gonna end up with a buzz at the end. <laughs> okay. At the end. Sorry. Uh, Continue. But, but the journey continues where all of a sudden you decide, hey, and this is where where I, my friend Nate and you decide, Hey, after, and I love this after your third date, let's start a family. We want to yeah. do this. Mm-hmm. And then at 45, mm-hmm. you decide to have your first child That's who true. who I just met in the front yard. And then the, the second one shows up at 49, mm-hmm. 49 years old. Yep. And both of those pregnancies that you went through were all, um, And I hope we use the right term. It's the egg.
2: Should we call them assisted pregnancies? Were they they (laughs) there heavily assisted? (laughs) Heavily assisted pregnancies. Uh, No, the the both children are the result of egg donor Mm -hmm. eggs Mm -hmm. and Nate's sperm, Mm -hmm. which were um, put together in a in a as they call it a test tube. Yes, it was actually a petri dish, and um, and then put into my body. Brilliant. So I carried the babies. Um, and we had that special relationship of being interconnected. Lovely. And for you, although many, many women, uh,
1: face, you know, when, for, for those of us who decide to have babies later in life, we often face the reality of like, oh, these eggs were like at their, in their prime in our early twenties when we were nowhere near ready to have babies. Um, and so you faced additional challenges though, because of the treatment with the cancer and that affecting your ability to... To actually get pregnant without the assistance. Totally. Right?
0: And right yeah. before we drop in, that is our show right there. Yeah the whole cuz i know you and sarah had spoken on the phone and we were like what, there's so many. i feel we could do five yes. shows with you sarah yeah we've you, got a lot to talk yeah, about yeah we're gonna, we could do a whole show dedicated to this girls and rock which i would love to do we could do a whole show dedicated to cancer and all that but today's show is really about taking a snapshot of having children at a much later age that 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 our parents probably had all of us at mm-hmm. and the the i just want to hear your story of the pluses, the minuses, the the journey of that alone,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and those experiences. Because when we were going back and forth, Anna and I, she was even mentioning that you'll have people coming to you, oh my gosh, are these your grandchildren? Or And you're like, yeah. uh, no, these are my kids. Really? You know, so just all of those things that come along in society with having children at a, at a, at a later age. And a and you share that. Yeah. My, I I mean you know that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I told you that when mm-hmm. we spoke, that I have this sort of interesting... Uh, simultaneously experiencing having been, become a mom at 26 the first time, Mm -hmm. and that being a very different reality than becoming a mom again at 38. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And we've talked, we've touched on it on the show, but we've never really, you know,
2: We've really? never dedicated we've, a show no, to No, we've it. never
1: dedicated a show to this idea of making a choice as it's becoming more and more common in our generation for women, you know, once upon a time we sort of followed the script and like, oh, I'm going to have, you know, get married and have babies in my 20s. And there's certainly a physical energy factor that is probably much greater in our 20s. I mean, I, that was one of the distinct differences that I noticed. But there's also, and we had a guest on, remember your musician friend who didn't have a, a, a child until he was in his 60s? Oh, yeah. Wayne Kramer. And we've Wayne talked. Kramer. Yes, yeah. and we've we've talked about this idea, but like, how much more equipped am I? And I know this, having had both mm-hmm. girls, and the, while they're both extraordinary, I know as a human being, I was much more equipped with all the learning that I had done and the journeying through the world. Um, I'm a different kind of parent with my younger daughter because of what I bring to the table. So I'm so excited yeah. to hear, um, not only in terms of having children at uh, you know well into your 40s, but also these. I mean, when I saw your resume, I have Mm -hmm. to just commend you. Like it is beyond impressive. Not only in its like the the many amazing parts in and of themselves, but the diversity, like the various things that you've done in these parts of your journey that have just, I'm sure, made you such an extraordinary human being. And that's what you're bringing to parenting. So let's 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 dive into that. Well, part Mm -hmm. of that has
2: to do with um, with the just the chain. So I went to grad school and studied comparative literature and classics. So I was ready to teach classical mythology and translation theory and literature and all these different things and I I but I decided to come back to the northwest in the 90s early, uh, mid 90s because there was like a really great music scene there and my family was here and you know I I I really wanted to be in Portland and so that meant making a really serious choice regarding my academic life which was I'm not going to move to wherever for a year For a job. Mm -hmm. And plus it was, I was coming on to the job market in the academic sense right at the moment when when a lot of uh, what had formerly been like long-term life jobs Mm -hmm. were turning into these things called adjunct faculty, Mm -hmm. right? Which means part-time work, uh, really precarious, And so I have always in my career been working as a teacher because that is my calling, Mm -hmm. that is my vocation, and as other things that have gotten me other things, right? Like being a musician, which got me certain things, or being a... Newspaper editor, which got me certain things, or being uh, working with homeless kids, which got me other things. You know, so
0: so. So I've, you've always been someone that, that has always been had their their hand in many different things at the same time. Yes, and you've enjoyed that.
2: I have enjoyed it. It's given me a sense of, of uh, kind of always having to scrap something together. Like I don't think I'll uh, I don't think I'll ever feel like oh yeah now I've made it. Like there's will never be a point in my life where I think that. Yeah. I don't even know what that would mean. I was just, gonna, like. and I was going to say, what is that, what
1: even, what does that, what does know. that mean? And we do have, I mean, in our generation where once upon a time we had parents that either like took over the family business or it was, it was much more defined for them mm-hmm. what their career life was going to be or their career yeah. path. And for our generation, it has been much more like there's this uh, different sort of openness and opportunity to say, here's what my path is going to be, which could be radically different than my parents, which comes with both this beautiful freedom and the world. Weight of like, oh my gosh, there are big decisions to be made. And then one of the things you touched on yesterday when we spoke was also this other piece, which ties back to like women and when we have babies, is mm-hmm. this question of how do I build a career, maintain the ability to to provide for myself, to not be you know fully dependent on my partner, to be a two-income family because mm-hmm. that's so frequently the reality for for families, um, but also find time. To work with my own biological clock to have babies if I so choose. Right. So I'm, I'm interested in sort of like you know looking at
2: that as well with you because it's been part of your you know decision making process. Definitely. And you know before I met Nate, I um, I was primarily involved with women, mm-hmm. and so my and so my ideas about like how I was going to be a parent were kind of already in like the land of medical invention, mm-hmm. and so uh, I. I When I got sick and I was like, okay, I guess maybe I'm not going to have kids after all. And then I met Nate and, then, and I, I mean, the, this, whole, this whole sort of movement uh, towards the situation I have now is uh, kind of remarkable. Like it really turned out great mm-hmm. because we were able to, I, so I was very much already used to the idea of thinking I was gonna have uh, children in some weird alternative way, Sure, right? But then once I was like, okay, I'm 45. Okay, well, how are we gonna have kids? I guess I can't use my eggs. Also because I had radiation. Well, and took drugs for five years. So what, I mean, not, Drugs, drugs, but like, yeah, cancer drugs, right? Yep. And so, um, <laughs> right there, I was like, "Whoa, another part
0: of the journey." Here we go. <laughs> no. That's but, our sixth show that we're going to do.
2: <laughs> but that meant, that meant that, like, I, I, um, you know, that I guess in I my experience is is super. Uh, is, I mean, like everyone's experience is really unique, but I think that deciding at 45 to have kids and really actually it was more like 42 and, and, and then figuring it out took a while and figuring out how to do it and do it the right way. And, you know, landing on the, on the decision to have donor eggs, which mm-hmm. is a big deal. Like if you do IVF, we did IVF a couple of times where you use your own eggs you try to get your own eggs mm-hmm. and make those into your babies mm-hmm. that didn't work and for whatever reason my eggs were not viable mm-hmm. right so and and getting over that which is kind of a heartbreak because you you know you you give up the idea that you're going to have this um um genetic relationship sure. to your kids in that direct way mm-hmm. i mean i think i ha- i do have a genetic relationship to my kids in a lot of ways because they lived in my body for yeah. nine months and i made them out of my own body <laughs> yeah, yeah but um uh i think I, now i feel like i'm walking down a a road keep no, going no, no, no. i love okay. it no i, I love I, it I, I, I,
0: what the, the the what you're kind of landing on is the point of having you on this show because I Mm -hmm. almost feel like you're reliving in a shorter amount of time what must have been going through your brain. Oh yeah, yeah. Just the first thing that everything you're talking about, eggs, uh, a a baby living inside my body, it genetically connected. I've never even thought about those things with my own children. And, and now thinking about that and thinking about Karen and my own, you know, with our own experience, I've never even asked, you know, we've never even had those conversations. It was just like, it just happened. So, so the thing that what I love about what you're saying, when you're saying you're going down that path, is you're literally having that moment again right here mm-hmm. that I c- you can feel that. Just w- I want to do this. How do I do it? I was primarily into women. I've met Nate. Wow, I'm in love with him. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to have you want to have uh, a family? Okay, well we're 42. How mm-hmm. do we how do we start that? Uh, oh, hey, I had cancer mm-hmm. and the drugs that I took. I don't know if we're going to be able to do this, but you still. Say no. We're we're gonna we're gonna make this happen. I think that's the punker in you, just and, to be honest. I well, think that's the yeah, punk and rocker. it's like
2: It was pretty DIY. <laughs> so I mean, DIY. It, it's DIY. Nobody's but, gonna tell me no. <laughs> but it's like it's also um, also the my doctor, my fertility doctor is was a friend of a friend who I talked with at a party when I had just gotten diagnosed with cancer, and she's like, you know, just call me when you're done with all this, because. Hmm. We'll figure something out. Nice, and I that just stayed in my brain the whole time I was sick, and I was like, I, you know, it'll work out. It'll work out. It'll work out. And and then I called her, and we and we worked with her. We're still friends with her. Wow. Well, you know, she came to my party, my my fiftieth birthday party.
1: So that's so that's beautiful. And I think how I have a, a similar relationship with my OBGYN. Yeah. And, and I feel so blessed because the personal connection oh is gosh, just, it's... I think, quite rare. But I also think, you know, we've talked on the show before about this question of I think a lot of people in in you know, various expressions of our of our journeys, we sort of follow, we default to a script. Yeah. And um and and Joe and I have talked about like when you're doing something. Uh, that is of such great magnitude as Mm -hmm. bringing another human into Mm -hmm. the the world, which unlike, say, even marriage, which you can be like, you know what isn't working out, I'm going to bail, to use Joe's...
0: I love that you just (laughs) used... I've influenced um, you. I'm lovely. sorry I brought you down to my level, but it's, okay. <laughs> it's a very um, a touching moment to hear you use the word bail. <laughs> but but where you could even do in in a, in a relationship
1: context, once you choose to have a child, it's forever. And for you to be faced with these circumstances, and, and as our you know, even for those of us who you know we were midway through our 30s, and we have doctors going, so you're of advanced maternal age now. So mm-hmm. here are the things we need to. I mean, I had to have a fertility doctor just because I was over 35 when sure. I got pregnant with my second mm-hmm. one. But it, 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 forces us to be really deliberate in that choice. Cause at any, at any point in just even what you've described so far, I would have understood you being like, you know what? Maybe just not meant to be, this is too much. I've already been through cancer. Now there's all this, oh, we're trying totally. to do all this stuff. And yet you, it, it, it was, I would assume it almost gave you an opportunity to be super clear about what you wanted and why, and, and moving forward with this in spite of all the challenges.
2: Yeah. And I, I really do think that my, my queerness or like what, however that express expresses itself or expressed itself when I was younger really set my brain up for like, you know what, how we make families Mm. is up to us. Yes. And how we, um, uh, how we welcome other families into our world. They can be, uh, of, uh, different shapes, different forms. We really have to choose. We have to be deliberate about it because, um, because it's, it, 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 has, it has, you know, politics around the edges, but it, in the, in the center of it is, is love. Yes. So
1: beautiful. You beautiful. had
2: already
0: mentally gone, what you might not even, have, and if I'm getting, getting it right, mm-hmm. you might not have even known that as you were growing up, you were already mentally prepared that, Hey, when I want to be a mom, I'm going to have to do it alternatively. It's like some so, part
1: of yourself knew.
0: Exactly. And then and then and then the thing that I love is is you, and the cancer part I don't mm-hmm. love that. I love that you meet this doctor and I love how she says, "Hey, when you get that handle, reach out to mm-hmm. me. We're going to make this thing happen." Mm-hmm. I got I got to ask you cuz I want to I mean, I know Ana, you might have some questions about the pregnancy because you know, carrying at that point in your yeah. life, uh-huh. just kind of for the for the people that are listening because the thing that I think some of our listeners that listen to the show, uh They may. This could be an episode where they might have thought, "My, I'm out of the game." And and Mm -hmm. Sarah's Mm -hmm. here to say, "I don't know.
2: You might be in the game." What was What was it like carrying a baby at your uh, age? Let me just say this: that it cost a a lot of money. This is one of the main reasons that having babies with this technology is so difficult for families. Right. So we need to think about the the politics, the way that that uh, the way that um, infertility is dealt with it with our insurance system, which, P.S., it's very rarely dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in Massachusetts, it, you can- You mean that the health insurance the, that co- would actually help. cover it? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. So just putting that out there. Yeah. So a lot of people say like, sure, I could get pregnant if I have 40,000 extra dollars right. sitting around to help me, but you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's so ex- expensive. But then- you asked about like uh, th- how the body, you know, I have not ever, aside from like some cricks in my knees, like when I kneel down, like I don't really, my body has not ever felt like, oh, I'm getting older until I had the two babies, right? So I, you know, I was like, I, I did have gestational diabetes, which is like a form of uh, type two diabetes that you get when you, um, uh, when you're, your uterus basically takes over and, um, uh, creates a diabetic situation. So, but that was the only health complication I had. I think in my first pregnancy, I, I gained like 10 pounds. Wow. Like it was not. I was already, uh, because I had been taking all these fertility drugs for a long time, I had gained a bunch of weight. So I was already sort of, I had packed it on and like was ready to have a baby. (laughs) But um, uh, so I didn't gain a lot of weight. But then um, then with my second kid, I did and my knees got all screwed up. So Mm -hmm. that was the main thing. Honestly, that was really the only thing. I mean, having, uh, and plus I can't lactate in one boob, but that's it. Interesting. Because I I had cancer, right? Right. The cancer. So I had, uh, you know, radiation in one boob. It was a very uh, small stage one cancer. So it was not, probably if I had it today, I would not have had the same treatment that I had. They probably wouldn't have taken it out. But check this out. When I got the mammogram for the cancer, when I got my cancer boob mammogrammed, I fainted dead away onto the floor of the mammogram studio. Do they call it a studio? What do you, tell me what that means to you. Well, I don't know, but. Was it they, just getting the news, cancer? No, 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 I, the, just the mammogram, right? Right, I, you hadn't even gotten the diagnosis. I no, and then, and then like later that day, they were like, uh, you've got something in your left breast. Uh, you got to come in and we got to check it out. And I was like, okay, you're going to biopsy that and you're not just going to biopsy, you're just going to take it out. You're going to put me under and you're going to take it out. And they're like that's rather aggressive, and <laughs> and I said you know what I just have a feeling about this, mm-hmm. and they took it out and they were like oh yeah it's cancer, but they called it well, now I'm talking about cancer a bunch yeah but
0: they called no but it, I, the, oh, the fact that you that you're I feel that when you I, I don't know I'm am a gut person yeah like I love that you- I know
2: but the I love thing thing is, that you went for that yeah and so I was just like I you gotta take this out but so can't lactate on that boob but. It is weird to just be nursing, to be a nursing person. And really, I don't care what anybody thinks about nursing. I'll nurse wherever. Yeah, right. Yes, 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 yes. And, uh, and um, that freaks some people out, especially I because say- I kind of have gray hair now. And people hey, are like, whoa. We, uh, on that note right
0: there, nursing wherever, we're going to go to our sponsors really quick. Okay, I feel let's like do it. that's a great, great time to go to the
2: sponsors <laughs> right there.
0: Uh we're hanging out right now in the studio with me, Sarah Duger, uh, Anea and I talking. We we're talking cancer. We're talking uh we're talking about having children at a later part in your life. Uh we're gonna listen to our sponsor. We'll be right back after this. What's up, everybody? Joe Sib here, back with Rad Parenting. Our guest from Portland, Sarah Duger, my friend. Anaya's new friend. I got a feeling about the two of you that... Yeah, uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I hope I don't get pushed out of the show. <laughs> we'll can, keep you in. Can I be in? <laughs> okay. company, Joe. Wow. You know, uh, I, I, I got to say that um, I've, learned, I've learned already so much on this show already. <laughs> no, seriously. And, and the thing, the thing that, that when I say learn something, just everything that you've been through and Anaya touched on it, that I don't know if other people that went through cancer went through the possible situation of not being able to have children at the age that you decided that they would actually forge forward. Mm. I got to ask you, do you, was there a a point that you remember that you said, you know what? I want to do this. Obviously I know, you you know, you and Nate got together, Hey, our third date, we want to have a family. But in your mind, do you remember a moment in time that you said, you know what? Even before, I, I want to have, I'm going to do this. We're going to make this thing happen. You know, I specific really, time? I
2: really wanted to have kids before I got cancer. And then I was like, "Ugh, I have to deal with all this. Ugh. But when I met Nate and we were interested in, in each other in a way that was very intense and deep, mm. I got I think that's called falling in love. Yeah. And, uh, but we, um, we really were on the same page with respect to choosing to have a family. Mm-hmm. Like I was never like, okay, no matter what comes, I'm gonna have a family. I was never gonna have a baby by myself. First of all, I, I just don't know how I could have ever done that. I, I think about and know women who have babies by themselves and oh my God, they are amazing, mm-hmm. amazing people. I just know I'm not one of them. I'm amazing in a lot of ways. That's not one of them. <laughs> so, uh, but um, so I really wanted a partnership, a, par- a parenting partnership, right? And and so when I when I met Nate and when we started talking about it, I knew like this is this is a, a parenting partnership that I can I can really get with. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was really in in partnership with him.
0: Yeah, and the thing that. That you go, that you went through, like you said, you're, you're joking around like I'll nurse anywhere. And you said people will, you know, trip on that yeah, because I have gray hair. Yeah. Kind of, kind of paint the picture for, I, I want to hear more of those things that people trip out on when you show up with your two beautiful children.
2: Well, my children are so beautiful. They are. I,
0: they really are. They
2: really are, and uh, you know, I, I and and way more beautiful than me and Nate. Like somehow, <laughs> they are are just like gorgeous little creatures leading the way, and I'm glad about that. I, you know, in terms of in terms of uh, of people, you know, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt because people come to parenting with so many so many assumptions, so much baggage that they bring from their own families and from culture that, uh, that I, you know, if somebody says like, oh, I le- isn't that cute grandchild or whatever crap, you know, I just, I just smile and say thanks. Cause I don't, I'm not, I, I don't need to judge. They don't need to say that to me. Just right. like people don't need to say like, you know, make a comment about my appearance or my body or whatever. But you know, they actually mean well. Sure. They want to say I see some love there. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what I'm trying to hear when they when oh. they say wow. stuff like I that. Sh- Cause and so, that's you know, so
0: great to hear you say cuz I I am guilty of the
2: opposite. If someone says
0: something to me, I I'm, I'm the i I'm like, <laughs> what do they mean by that? You know, and um, what you're saying is when someone comes up and and Assume good intentions. Assume something about you or the way you look or something mm-hmm. like that, and it is from like, oh, look at the grandmother. You know, yeah. they, they 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 didn't go. What combination is it that I could say to Sarah to upset her? They're saying that that's actually coming from a place of love.
2: Yeah, yeah I like that's to a think great so. Way, yeah, I mean, I think that I think that. Uh, because because parenting and especially heterosexual parenting in our culture is is something that people generally want to say good things about mm-hmm. in public unless mm-hmm. you're like beating your child and someone says like stop beating your child right <laughs> right but you know that 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 people want want to be saying that i think that it's important in in you know as we as we see different kinds of parents different shapes of families that it's always really great to say especially to dads Hey, you know, good job. Awesome. It's so great. Yeah. And, but also never to, um never to ignore moms, ne- especially single moms. Yeah. And to support them. Yeah. Because my God.
0: Were you raised nobody, by a single mom?
2: I was never a single mom. No, but were you were raised, you raised by, by, a by single No, 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 no. Okay. no. Yeah. And, but... And and in fact, my mom was always like, don't, you can't go hang out with her. She has a single mom. Like my mom was actively anti-divorced sure. family. Yeah. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, for her, from her background and um, which, you know, is just Midwestern well, American. Well, you know what though? I, I got to say,
0: I remember going through that with the way my mom was treated on the neighborhood I lived yeah. in. Yeah. All of the families made it abundantly clear that she... She was out of her element raising my sister and I in a suburban neighborhood without without a man being there. And I remember the other women were very like they looked down. I I just remember as a kid. I remember as a kid it was made clear to me that like we were less. Yeah. And and even and some of the some and it was this weird thing in that era of you know you should be down in an apartment or you know it didn't work for you. Yeah. And I remember um, my mom being very uh, like, oh, you know, not only will I raise these two kids, but I will paint the house by myself Right out there. Right. And when your husband asks to help me, I will say, no, I will paint this entire, I remember my mom doing a lot of those things. And I, and I think back on it, like she was doing that to like show these other women, like I'm going to have a career, I'm going to raise these kids and I don't need any help of anybody. And to show you. Jill. Oh, absolutely! You know, absolutely. Oh, my wor- whole work ethics from my mom, but yeah. I do, I do believe though that there was an era, and I, you know, I don't know if it still exists. I think it
2: does. That where people does.
0: look down upon. Oh, she, you know, yeah. poor her. Yeah, She's, How could she do that? Well,
2: and yes, poor her because who are the poorest people in this country? Yes. Yeah. Single moms. When
0: I meant poor her, I meant like. <laughs> no, I know, like, I know oh, what you meant, so but, but it also it literally, yeah, yeah. Poor. literally yes. poor. Yeah. yeah. So, literally. but
2: so I, I think that that to bring it back around, I, I think that. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I knew that um, like psychologically, emotionally, I wasn't ready to take that on. And, but when I do see women doing it, I know, you know, I can see it's a lot, it's a lot. I'd also, I think, I would also
1: argue that part of your ability to, to, to move through that, that, to have that perspective or, yeah. or be like self-reflective and say, hmm, here's the deal. I've always thought I'd have kids pretty sure knowing myself as I do at the age, you know, in, mm-hmm. into my 40s because I do think that we generally don't really start to know ourselves as a rule until we're into our 30s mm-hmm. um that that you would have had the wherewithal to be able to say Yep, nope, I'm pretty sure I can't do that on my own. So if I'm going to do this, it needs to be with a partner. Whereas yeah. in our 20s, where we're kind of like, ah, I can do
2: anything, anything yeah.
1: goes, that we might make a different choice and find ourselves have not, you know, with a bit, having bitten off more than we can chew or not able to show up in the way that we
0: might have to. It goes wanted right to. back to, and I always say this, I wish I could go back to college now at 50. Because I you actually can, were, Joe. No, I, but I, what yeah, I'm saying can. is, well, I know I could. And but your what dad I'm would saying is. <laughs> What I'm saying is I wish I could a, the I had amazing courses, amazing instructors. I didn't I didn't want to learn any of that stuff. I just wanted to digest it, regurgitate it, and get through mm-hmm. whatever course it was. At this age of 50, I would love to take a Western Civ class. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. Yeah. Political science, that would have been awesome. My point being is I know this. I'm a way better parent at 50 than I was when I started at 30. Oh, I yeah. almost wish that we couldn't. I mean, I know this is crazy to say, but it's like that's you're, why we're so good as grandparents. but that, but it's I, I almost wish we could switch yeah. that yeah. because right. what we're all saying in this room right now is that we're we know who we are mm-hmm. once you're into that 30, 40, mm-hmm. I mean that to me is the prime time. Mm-hmm to have kids.
1: In a whole other way. Like, I always think it's interesting because I I often want to sort of default to nature and be like, let's see what nature has to say in terms of these different balances and so on and so forth. And I find it a bit odd that although I think literally physically, in terms of our physical energy capacity, when we're in our twenties, it's that much greater to like chase kids around and be like, yeah, let's do this, let's do that. I think we have less of that physical energy when we're having kids into our forties, but our, our spiritual well being, our, our sense of knowing ourselves patience, and what we're capable of our patience is so much greater. And so I think in, in both cases we we bring different strengths to the table. Totally. So can you if you think back mm-hmm or, you know, you're in it right now, even more than I am. And like my youngest is nine, your yeah. youngest is one. one. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, what would you say are maybe three things that are, you just know, are more challenging doing this now than had you done it when you were younger? And then Maybe I think even more importantly, because we do have listeners out there that are like, can I still do this? Like I'm, you know, over 35 or mm-hmm. I, my doctor's telling me not mm-hmm. so much. Um, what what are, what are so sort of like three things that you know you're doing better, three things
2: that, that maybe you could have done better when you were younger. That's a really good question because when you're in it, you don't really know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think maybe I could have gotten up in the middle of the night more easily yeah. at a younger <laughs> age, but... I don't know that cuz yeah. I just have to get up in the middle of the night. Yeah. That's like all there is to it. Mm-hmm. Um I think sometimes uh I uh I I think that um oh gosh. I think being um Having the energy to give to the world mm-hmm. in a way that I want while having young kids is hard. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't, I have to focus on my family so much mm-hmm. to keep it all together that I can't do things like go to the protest or go to the letter writing party. And sure, sh- you know, like there's a lot of really screwed up things in the world right now that I wish I could be more active about. Mm-hmm. And all I can do is influence the people around me who mm-hmm. I come into contact on a, on a daily basis. So I don't know if that, and that's, try to raise uh, two, of, no, and, makes sense. Uh, two g- girls. Two that, girls. Right. And so, and so I can't be more politically active. I, I also, um, I also don't have any friends who are 50 year old mothers of one year olds. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody. Hey, mm-hmm. if you're listening in Portland,
0: <laughs> Reach Check it out. at
2: five zero, and you have a one year old. We've got
0: someone you need to yeah. hang out with. So Seriously, you guys will have a blast together. It would,
2: it, and, it, and you know, I think one thing when you have kids, you you make friends with unlikely people yeah. who have kids at the same time as you, and 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 people who you wouldn't necessarily make friends with because of other interests. And so, th- the other thing is, my five year old is entering into the world of school, so I'm naturally entering into the world of all of the moms and dads of my Kids' new friends. Yeah. So, and they're all in their 30s. So it's like, woohoo, I don't <laughs> want to go to a wine party. Yes. Like, screw your wine party. I'm staying home. I'm putting the kids to bed at seven. I'm going to bed at eight and I will see you later. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not into any of that kind of socializing. Yeah. At yeah, all. Gosh, like, yeah, I, I find it. Back
0: on that, Ania, could you imagine, you know, think about all of this, the, uh, the parties and the gatherings that we've had to go to. And we were, you know, we were at the age of that. But right now... Could you imagine having to go to the wine party with the twenty something? Yeah, no, 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 day? and so it yeah. does. It impacts our our. Let's the, put the, the kids community. away and drink a bottle. You know, like you know, let's yeah. hide the kid. You know, because that was, I remember that was a big thing. Like you know, everyone would just mm-hmm. be like, we just got through another week. All right, who's making margaritas? You know, but yeah. as you get older, you're like, I don't need that in yeah. my life at this sleep. moment. I need sleep. I need sleep, or I'm I'm okay. I enjoyed this week once again. Going back to, I think that might be the difference of having children later that at the end of a week with your two children, you're not like, Oh God, what a nightmare. You might be like, wow, that was an amazing week and I don't need to pollute my body to get back through the the following week. Whereas I think when you're just going through maturity of growing up with kids that you might be like, all right, let's pour the tequila and get through this so
1: so on the flip side then what is what are what are a couple of things that you you just know definitively? It's like these are things I know I can do and show up with as a parent now that i I, I couldn't have before um,
2: i I feel that i can i can um and and partially this is because I study girls as mm-hmm. well as being a mom of girls. I feel like I can. Um, give, I can be present with my kids in, uh, in a way that, um, is developmentally appropriate. Like I don't need them to be or do anything that they're not. Mm -hmm. And I, I want them to be happy people. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. Like, I don't, I- As opposed to? As opposed to, uh, uh, say- Needing them to go to a good school, needing them to excel at soccer, needing them to, you know, become a child actor or whatever. Yep. I yep. mean, I, do, I don't even care what my if my kid is into My Little Pony until she's nine. I don't care. Like yeah. if she's happy, great. If she learns to read when she's eight, great. Like she's gonna be okay. She's gonna be okay because guess what? I'm okay. Yes, I'm gonna be okay, and she's gonna be okay. Now, God willing. And shala, as they say. <laughs> um, that you know we don't get sick yeah. or yeah. whatever but I am I guess I'm just I just take it I I I take it as it lays. Do
0: you think you do that because of the experiences you've had oh, yeah. to get to where you are? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cuz I can tell you that I, I totally went the other way. Mhm. On and I don't know about you and where you worry about things with your kids when you had them that you know with you know perfect example he said i they got to read at this point they got it's that script well, it's so what so we talk needs about. To read that. We've so done so a whole episode
1: on like the the mini me syndrome. Like, oh yeah, you know when mm-hmm. when we're still. And I think in our this is part of it is when we're in our 20s and we're still trying to figure out who the heck we are. The the presence of ego, though, I think it's something yeah. most of us battle with for our entire lives. I think mm-hmm. that in our 20s mm-hmm. and even into our 30s, the presence of that as a driving force is different. And so as I hear you totally. say what you just said, that uh-huh. to me is a clear sign of like my kids are not an extension of me. Right. I'm here to a make sure. I'm the best human that I can be and create space Mm -hmm. uh, and guidance for them to become the best versions of themselves without that agenda that's ego-driven.
2: And I think, you know, I think the whole like put on your own mask before you put on your child's mask, that whole metaphor is my total parenting strategy because I am, I I really want, you know, I really want to be a happy, accomplished mom. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I want to be that for my kids. Mm-hmm. I want them to see, and I want to show them like this mom is, does this. This mom is a writer. This mom is a, makes films. This mom does this. And I want them to see women and men doing work in the world. And they, I want them to see their mom doing work in the world. Yes. Yes. And I think that is an, a really, really important balance. We've talked about that before
1: because how the ways in which we, I always say that our kids have a front, a front row st- seat and we are constantly on stage. And if we want them to believe that they can uh, you know find discover what their strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. are figure out who they want to be in the world not have to be limited by a script as i as i always call it um, we need to demonstrate that totally. we're we're pushing back against those things we're living those things mm-hmm. so that it gives them permission by extension to do the same
2: yep exactly
1: as opposed to just paying lip service
2: and that's why as my kids get older that's why then you know when my kid is 3 and 8 when my kids are 3 and 8 then we'll go to the march we don't need to go to the march yeah. right now cuz sure. the kid is 1 yeah. i'm not gonna to get you know yep but but eventually hopefully when we take when 2020 comes around and there's a regime change then we won't have to march quite as much yes
0: yeah let's hope let's definitely yeah. you know but i got a feeling though when there is marching going on in portland uh you are going to have a nice crew surrounding you because uh the, everything that you've talked about the, i i just have to go back to every i i, I always say this i've learned this it never turns out the way that you think it's going to turn out. Never. We, you know, like, think about that. All three of us, what we've all thought about, mm-hmm. we, who we were going to be, who we were going to be with as our partners, if we were going to have partners, if we were going to have children, if you're going to have families. And really looking at that, it, I know for me personally, obviously for your story here, Sarah, so, so many different challenges and and to go through all of that, totally different than what you possibly thought was gonna be happening when you were 23. Totally. You know? Mm-hmm. So, for our listeners out there, anything's possible.
2: It really is. It yes. really
0: is. And being a parent, man, it's the journey. It's I've used the, the word best. journey as much as Aenea used the words Canada, and I'm not
2: even a fan <laughs> of the band journey,
0: and I said it way too much. In this particular show,
2: yeah, I, I like that I'm on a journey. Yeah, you're, you're yes. letting me know something yeah. about new about myself.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel though. I feel parenting, and for the listeners of the show, you know, for the parenting community that listens to what we do, it really is. Uh, it's it's not. I, and I've learned this from working with Anaya. It's it's really every day is a different part and a step to our parenting journey. And I also learn every single day I get a reboot and start over. And oh that's, yeah, that's the thing. That listening to your story, you had so many of those opportunities that you might not have rebooted, but instead you said, "You know what? No, let's do this. Let's figure it out."
2: Yeah, and you know, I have to say, like, there were parts of there are times in my life where I was definitely not at my best rebooting in the in the manner that I wish I could have. You know, like having cancer was not a walk in the park. Mm -hmm. I didn't respond to that in the ways, all the ways that I wish, looking back, I, I should have. But uh I I think um I think you're right. You know, we do get a chance every day too, because we have people looking at us saying, Okay, what's next, Mom? Yeah. Yes. Where are we going, mom?
0: Yeah. I I had a moment with my son that way even this week. We you know, because he's thirteen now and I'm having to digest just the energy from him. And, mm-hmm. and it was I was so proud of myself the other day because I was driving. And he just did not want to talk in the car. And I, I love to talk, as both of you know. <laughs> uh-huh. But I finally have understood, like, hey, he's, he's not feeling that vibe right now. And I had no problem just yeah. driving in silence. And he wasn't bummed, and I wasn't bummed. Yeah. And, but it, once again, learning. There's not, a
1: time where you might have been defensive. Oh, dude, following
0: yes.
2: the script. Sure. Right? I grew up
0: with a script where we talk in the car, you don't talk. That's disrespectful. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah. Right. And teaching your kid to say, like, I don't feel like talking right now. Like my kid now, I've taught her to say "I need adult attention." Yeah, like she came
1: in here and said about five, maybe ten words, and I, I looked at you, Sarah, and said, "Oh my gosh!" Like her verbal capacity is over the top. Yeah, like it surpasses in, 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 mine from her. It, yeah,
0: she did not say "dude" or "bro" when she came she in. She did here. not. Yeah. No. I no. asked her to write she down those words that she highly said. Highly
1: articulate. Yeah.
0: When she the five <laughs> words that she used, I didn't know. She, I go, can you write those down so I can learn those? <laughs> So, when I visit you in Portland, I'm going to have a conversation with you.
2: Nice. Right. But, you know, teaching kids how to identify their feelings at an early age is so important. And then listening to them when they say, I don't feel like talking, not saying, why not? Yes. Why not? Why not? I want to talk to you. And I I just want to to say
1: for for the folks, for for our our listeners Mm -hmm. that are, because I do think this is a reality of, you know, we're in a sort of a transitional generation. And I think that there's still this weight of, when am I going to do this? You know, first of all, I have to have kids. Second of all, you know, when am I going to do this? I have to do this earlier because that's when my parents did it. And to me, that's just another example of like the more... The more work we've done on ourselves, the more healing, the more awareness Mm -hmm. that we have, I think the more that we bring to the table, both directly and indirectly, in terms of you being able to hold that space or you, Joe, being in the car with Nate and and being able to just be like, oh no, I'm I'm good with this. I don't need to take this personally. I can I can model being a whole healthy human and respond accordingly, and that gives them a stronger foundation. So, you know, whether you you know had babies in your twenties and you're figuring it out now and you're doing some of this work with your adolescent children. Mm -hmm. Um, or you you are getting ready to have babies, and you're in your 30s or 40s. There are you know there's beauty and strength. In in you know across the board, um, mm-hmm. and it's really about making conscious choices about this enormous decision in the world to bring other humans yeah in, in, into the onto the planet. So yep, I'll say well, well, Sarah, thank you so much. Thank Sarah. you,
0: Sarah, so much oh for my being gosh, a part of the so, show.
2: So so great to be here. I'm thank so you. glad that we
0: could finally do it, and I hope that when you come back to Los Angeles and visit Southern California again, you will come back on the show because I know that we could, we could do a show dedicated to just to your whole relationship with music and oh, young yeah. women. I would love to yes. do that. Uh huh. Um, and also, uh, I feel like we touched on so many different so many different aspects but it was just it was so nice to have someone coming here that's been on the trip that you have Mm -hmm. and 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 then to see these two wonderful little people running around my front yard which i got a feeling someone jumped in the pool
2: oh really Uh, yeah there
0: was a bathing suit getting taken out excellent (laughs) there you go there you go (laughs) excellent thank you so much sarah duger Thank you for being a part of Rad Parenting. Hey, everyone else, with all of your emails, keep them coming. We cannot thank you enough. You can always email us at radparenting at gmail.com. Hey, and if you've got any questions for Sarah, email them to radparenting at gmail.com, and I will forward them along to Sarah. I'd be happy, Sarah.
2: Happy, to, happy to answer questions about the stuff I talked about, any of the IVF stuff, a, being an older parent, all that.
0: Take advantage Wonderful. of that. One more time, uh, radparenting at gmail Hey, keep the text coming in too, because I've actually been on top of that uh, with sending texts out to everyone when the shows come out. Also, we got Instagram now. I set that up. Well done, pretty stoked. One hundred and twenty three followers as of this morning, and my daughter said that was because people, it just goes onto people's feeds that they should follow us. <laughs> Super stoked on that! So go to Instagram, uh, just rad parenting. Uh, also, um, in the next couple of weeks, we've got some really really cool shows. Please spread the word about rad parenting. And as you always know, that if you can write a. A review, review on iTunes. We're up to like 104 reviews now. from oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, nice. it's amazing. Yeah, And, and they're and, amazing. Yeah, reviews, they're so heartfelt and just... just it's I, important, I, the yeah. reviews. Yeah. yeah, it's important, the reviews, but I joke about it all the time. The responsibility of doing this show now is like, it's become like an obsession of mine because I read these reviews and I'm like, holy cow, like we're actually yeah. making... Uh, we're making a dent in, in people's lives. Well you're building me.
2: a community, Joe, and that's it's a really really community. It's Sarah? really exciting. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And you're part of it. Thanks, man. And we got lots of listeners in Portland. Right on? Yeah. Every we do. every there week. lots
2: of rad parents in Portland. There yes, they are not surprising. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And next time I come up to Portland, you can actually meet Sarah in real life. I'll bring you on stage. Woof, woof, we'll do woof, a bit woof. together. Okay. There we go. Let's go. Get do you it. to play guitar. Ooh. Needle, needle,
2: there, you needle,
0: needle. there you go. There we go. All, All right. right. Hey, keep those reviews coming. My name is Joe Sid with my co-host, Anea Bo.
2: And our guest, Sarah Duger. We're out of here. Late!